Just to clarify, these views that we speak of on our podcast are 100% our own and not those associated to anyone from Luton Town Football Club. Thank you very much. to Owen the Town with Luke Gregory. Hello and welcome to Owen the Town and here's what's coming up today. We discuss how everyone's getting on in isolation life, including Steve, who joins us today. Luckily, I'm still working at this time, so it's not too not too hard for me at the moment. It's just me and my family seem to be getting on each other's nerves and it's getting a bit, getting a bit hard. We take a look back at the Johnson's Paint Trophy final, which was 11 years ago, and talk about our best bits of today. It was busy. It was so busy and so exciting. You had your few beers in the in your bag, ready to go. We also answer your Instagram questions and loads more. We're joined tonight by Dave. Hello, nice to see you. And we're joined by Steve as well. Evening, Steve. Good afternoon. How, how, how are we all doing? How are we all getting on <laughs> and uh, coping with everything at the moment? It's a bit tough, isn't it? It's really tough. Thinking, actually, I have got no work because I'm self-employed, so I've got no income and. Uh, it's been a bit tough being at home all the time. But it's the right thing to do, isn't it? Let's be fair, guys. It's the right thing to do. Luckily, I'm still working at this time, so it's not too, not too hard for me at the moment. It's just me and my family seem to be getting on each other's nerves and it's getting a bit, getting a bit hard. <laughs> can, can yeah. you work from home, Steve? You are, sorry? Can you work from home? Well, we say work from home. I have the laptop upon, yeah. <laughs> Laps of prominent football manager on the other screen, eh, Steve? Exactly, exactly, yeah. So when the you say you're way. working, Steve, are you not going out anymore? Um, we've been advised not to at the moment, so, uh, so we can't. We try now. and avoid it as much as possible. Yeah, fair enough. Well, normally Batar is on the podcast with us. Um, he, today, only today has he come out of his self-isolation. He's basically been living at his uh, girlfriend's house for the last two weeks because he didn't want to be ill and uh, infect his family. So Bataro hopefully returns to the podcast next week. The only thing is with Bataro, he's got such an old phone, refuses to get a new one, doesn't have <laughs> any laptop, computer, or anything. So Bataro with technology. No, he just doesn't, does he? So Bataro with technology is like non-existent. But he's sad he can't be with us again today. And uh, he yes. wishes everyone well. That means, uh, actually, Good. that means I'm better at technology than him, and that's unbelievable. Yeah, no, you probably are. Yeah. It's not hard, to be honest, but all Bataro needs is his uh, Bet365 account on his phone, and he's happy. I know, he has that, that constantly up, doesn't he? Yeah, betting on like, anything at all. Just any like <laughs> corner from like a Russian league. <laughs> Belarusian Under. third league. Yeah, <laughs> literally, that's all he does. Um, so let's just chat about some football then. It was 11 years ago on the 5th of April, which was yesterday at the time of recording, uh, that we beat Scunthorpe 3-2 in the final of the JPT. What a day that was. And I thought, why not just spend a bit of time here chatting about what a great day it was. Started early as well, didn't it? If you remember, um, we all got on the train from Luton Airport Parkway and it was, it, was, it was busy. It was so busy and so exciting. You had your few beers in, the, in your bag, ready to go. And for me personally, um, when we got on the train, that's when it started with me. And uh, my 
my my first thoughts were this is going to be an amazing day and i think we left about 9 a.m 9 30 a.m and the train was bouncing it was brilliant brilliant atmosphere to start the day it's actually quite sad that i was quite young how old i would have been 14 steve we would have been 14 wouldn't we so i don't think i knew you at this time did i probably not that well no, because so, I, I so we, we, we got the, the beers uh, in the coach down. You got the coach? <laughs> I've got the coach with, uh, there's loads of coaches, yeah. So we got one of them with my family. We went down that way. That's cute. But yes. Did you have loads it of beers good. in the back, Steve, as well? Yeah, as a 14 loads, year old? Yeah, yeah, loads. <laughs> I was pissed by the time I got there. I remember just, uh, <laughs> that's not the first time that happened, though, Steve, would it? <laughs> Being that drunk at a game before it nah. even starts, no. Um, I'm I'm good now. I'm good. I'm good now. Um, obviously we're only fourteen. So, I, I, do you know what I remember most about that day was we woke up early for breakfast. I think we tried to get to a um a place for breakfast in Dunstable. Didn't we try Gary Cooper's and they wouldn't let us in because we were in Luton shirts? I think that's true. They wouldn't let us in because we were wearing shirts and uh, ridiculous, really. When you but there was like a big group of us, weren't there? Because we have there was um, a group of us, yeah. We had um, people from Australia over as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't wouldn't let us in. But we wouldn't let that take away. So we started early, went for breakfast. We did have a breakfast, and then we got on the beer straight away because that's what you do, mm. isn't it? And it, it just moved on from there. I just remember getting, when we got off the train, um, the amount of people, just uh, um, we got off to go to the tube station and stopped for a beer there, bought a crate, another crate of beer. And then we went off to the uh, the Green Man at the time. Yeah. And at the that Green time, Man. I didn't have to, you know, the, the second time we went to Wembley, they had security guards on the gates, didn't they? But this time yeah. they didn't. And so we snuck in two cases of beer and we just went in there and drank our own beer in, and savoured the atmosphere in, in the Green Man. Um, it was great fun. Absolute great fun. It's a great day. And we were bottom of the league. Scunthorpe were fighting for promotion in League One. So I think. The bookies probably had them down as clear favourites, didn't they? Because of the form. But for some reason, we just turned up that day. And we just played so well. 100% Gordon to Pataro, 100%. But what I, would say about, what I would say about that is um, we all knew what was going to happen to the club. The club were going to get relegated. They'd been cheated out of our league position by a really, really bad decision by the Football Association, the Football League. So, you know, to see that many Luton supporters go to Wembley Stadium, for such a small club that we are, really, uh, was amazing. To think that we had 40,000 people there supporting us in a time where we were our absolute lowest uh, that we could have got to at that point. We were going to get relegated. We all knew we were going to get relegated, but we all went there and, and, and we was all hoping that we'd have a great day. And we did. And it was a great day, yeah. Yeah. I think when Hooper puts them 1-0 up, you're kind of thinking the worst and then sort of like, oh that's it then but yeah, against the because, team top of league one as well <laughs> exactly you, and you're thinking like that that's a good start for them and you look at their play they had a very strong team back then they did yeah and when we went 1-0 down you just thought it's not going to be our day that's what I felt it's not going to be our mm-hmm. day I mean I, you know from from the moment I walked up Wembley Way and I saw that big betrayed by the FA flag hanging up outside the stadium, I thought, we're really going to stuff them. And then we start the game and we go 1-0 behind. Um, and you're just thinking, oh, how are we going to get back? Well, you were right. We were playing really well as well. We were playing really well. 
um, and uh, our equaliser was sublime. Oh, class what goal. a yeah, class goal. Well deserved as well. I saw Tom Craddock did a bit with Luton News this week. Um, I don't know if you, any of you guys have seen it. He was talking yeah, about a slap he did. And he was saying that literally when the ref was chatting to the linesman, he was already thinking of his apology to Mick Harford. And you just you think it could have been so different. And you think nowadays, well, he, he think there's any way he would have got said, away with it. No, he said if it was VAR, then he would have been off. Yeah. And I don't, what was he thinking? What was he thinking? <laughs> Literally, what was he thinking? Yeah. I mean, what was well, he put it down the, to the occasion, the didn't he? What, well, yeah, it doesn't take. But even so, why yeah, would you don't... slap someone on the face <laughs> and try to blast them? Why would you do that? Uh, unless it's you know drunk related, obviously. A drunk, I said. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's, it's mind blowing, really, isn't it? Why he did it, and only he will know how he felt at that time. But it's lucky he, didn't he made up for it, though, didn't he? He did. He through with that finish. Head. And then um, finish. when we are 2-1 up and the can scores that worldy equaliser, I think, I think like my heart dropped because we were hanging on at the end. And you just look at that tackle from Spillane and it's so like all of his energy has gone into that tackle and it's a, it's a great tackle, but it just falls straight to McCann and he puts it top bins and it's like, no saving now. It's not something we haven't seen before, though. It's typical Luton, isn't it? We, we're trying to defend that lead in any game, but this was a big game for us on that day. Yeah, with two minutes left. And you just think, two minutes left, just hoof it out, game's over. Hoof it up the pitch, it comes back, game's over. But you, you know what? The two the times we played at Wembley... The goal was fantastic. I was going to say, the two times we played at Wembley, we played Scunthorpe, they had 15,000 fans, and we played York, who had, what, seven or 8,000? And I just feel like it sounds so noisy when they scored, like York scored and Scunthorpe scored. And you just think, imagine if there's another 40,000 behind the other goal. Um, How loud that would be? Well, let me just say, uh, you said the two times have been Wembley, but we've been more than that. Um, well, the new Wembley in my lifetime. Oh, okay. You didn't say the new Wembley, though. There you go. <laughs> well, that's what I meant. So. Well, imagine, imagine being there in 88 and Arsenal equalising and then score going 2-1 and then getting a penalty. You imagine the noise that came from the opposite end that, that day. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it was the same result. That would have been a game I'd love to go to. If you could travel in time, you'd go back and watch it, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you wouldn't get a ticket. Oh, what a day. That must have been crazy. But I agree with Luke. Yeah. You, you know, sometimes when you're, when you're at a away game and they, they score... The noise is phenomenal sometimes. And at Wembley, uh, it was still quite noisy when they scored, wasn't it? But it, it, just imagine if there'd have been four times the amount of people there. I think the one that sticks mm. out this season is the Vassell winner against Cardiff. That was quite noisy when they, when they won last minute. Uh, quite <laughs> angry, a, weren't we? Let's be fair. Wasn't a, wasn't a nice result in the end. Um, but we ended up winning. Napka scored the lob. The one everyone knew it was in when he had his first shot on goal. And we win the cup. What a day. What a I day. And it's just mind-blowing it's 11 years ago. When he scored that goal, he generally thought it was like next goal wins, I think, because the way that he celebrated. <laughs> At half-time, didn't he? Yeah, he thought that was it. He thought the game's over. Uh, mm -hmm. But we deserved the win. And, you know, the players deserved the win. And the fans deserved it. And Mick Harford deserved the win. You know, it was, it was what we yeah. needed. Uh, didn't Definitely. help us with our league position, obviously, but it was just, it took that off. It gave us something to hope for, I think. 
yeah, and it was just a bit of you know enjoyment in a really tough season, and and saying that you know we're talking about this eleven years later, it's saying that we're always going to remember and never forget. And it's just mind blowing that it's eleven years ago. It's just where does where does time go, everyone? <laughs> Gone quick, isn't it? Eleven yeah. years ago, ridiculous. I, the, the, the other thing about that game is that uh, somebody we were with who would name we name like we won't name actually. <laughs> we keep them nameless. Um, we finished drinking at the Green Man, and we on the way up to the stadium, we bought more beer, and we couldn't drink it because we didn't have enough time. We wanted to get in the stadium. So he hid the cans of beer underneath the Wembley Stadium portable bars. There was a little, and he hid them. And when we came out afterwards, we picked them up and had them on the way home. I remember that. Good times. Yeah, it's good fun. Um, Scott tweeted us in when we put up some highlights saying what a great day that was. Uh, Stephen Garner tweeted, Claude Napka with a clappy face. Lewis said, single-handedly, one of the best moments of my lifetime. Um, with being a Luton fan. Uh, Ian says, still remember it like it was yesterday. What a day out. Um, loads of people basically just saying how it, drinking from early hours of the morning to late hours of the evening. Unreal, really. You had, the, you had those moments as a fan. You had those moments. No matter what club you support, you have those moments where it will stick with you forever. <coughs> Excuse me. Because of our situation... It makes it even sweeter, and and in fact, if you think about when um, when they came out to present the teams to Brian Winnie, um, oh, I remember the booze. The was amazing, yeah, I remember that. And, and he needed that. They needed that. You know, it it was dreadful what he did to our club, what the FA did to our club. It was dreadful. So we, you know, it was a fantastic win, and it was like in your face FA. That's why I mm-hmm. like it even more. It was an in your face win. Well, on that day 11 years ago, if you would have said this time in 11 years, the football season will be postponed or partially postponed due to a global pandemic, you would have probably not know. But that's the case right now. No football has been postponed indefinitely. And it's, it's got, there's a lot of questions going around at the moment. What's going to happen to this season? Is it going to be void? Is it going to continue as normal? Will it come back behind closed doors? Um, for a start, I'd guess we say, what do you think would be best? Obviously, health is more important in this situation. But when football does return, what would you like it to return as? What do you think it would return as? I'd like it to finish the season. I'd like just to go back yeah. and finish the season. Um, or make it null and void and we start again, which would probably... That's the one I was thinking of. It That's the one we want. Yeah. Is it? It's difficult. I think the clubs financially need to finish the season. I think, you know, especially, you know, the, the clubs that are getting no income in. Your Premier League clubs, they've got a lot of money, most of them. In fact, all of them. But clubs like ours, we need that income. So will it, will it go behind closed doors? I think that's the likelihood, to be honest. I don't see it not finishing because of the stuff the FA's been saying and their football league. Yeah. But then I can't see it being open to supporters for a good few months yet. So I think that's the only realistic scenario. I read somewhere today that this could go on for another 12 weeks as an isolation. Another three months. Um, And then that knocks on, doesn't it? And there's too many things to think about here. It knocks on with relegations and and promotions from all the leagues. It transfer windows, everything like that. So it's a a difficult one. It's a difficult one. Uh, Because if this season... 
if this season goes on for too long, it'll have a knock-on effect for next year and the Euros after next season. And it's like, yeah. how much do you want to disrupt just for one season? Well, we've got a Winter World Cup coming up in 2022 as well. Exactly. So, exactly. everything is just getting to that stage where I would hate to be the one making Because you're not going to please what's everyone. Happen. You're always exactly. going to someone off. I, I think football will return. I don't want to like... I think it might return late June. I think depending on if everyone's like following the guidelines and stay at home, I think late June could see the but restart they, of the though? game. That's the thing. Are they following the guidelines? Doors. But if it's late oh, June, like to say. it's late June, how long do you play this, the rest of the season for? And do you start the following season in August? And what happens with the transfers? Because technically, if the window opens and you haven't finished the season, that's not fair either, is it? And to people who are out of contract at the end of the season, is yeah, there a date for that, that or is it actually the end of the season? It's normally um, 30th of June, I think, for contracts. And if isn't it, it runs over that, then... Then they can't play, they're out of contract, I guess. It, yeah. It's, how, so that's, that that's the thing. And like, can, can there be something done about that? You know, I don't know how many players Luton have out of contract coming up in the summertime. But is, if, is it the case of we can get them on an extended one-month thing? Would it have to be like a deal done between the club and the player? Could, you know, is there T's and C's that say if there's a pandemic, you know, everything gets pushed forward or something? I don't know. But is there so many ifs and buts? And one of the questions we, we had, and producer Jacobs on the, the running order today, is when football does return, right, when everyone's healthy and everyone's fit and ready to go again with life, when football returns... Is it going to have to be like another little pre-season before these games? Are they going to have to be friendlies played to get them up to speed again? Because you think this gap they're having is longer than like than summer than the usual summer break from between season and season. This will be longer, and they get a six-week pre-season at, at the end of summer as well. It's, exactly. Uh, I mean, you've got to be realistic. Clearly, they won't do any any extra games. There won't be friendlies going on, or if there are friendlies, why not? Because it won't happen. They, they won't have time to do it. They need to get the season finished, in my view. But could that then cause fatigue and more injuries? You've got to look at the welfare of the players as well. Well, they've still been training themselves, I'm sure. They've got to keep their fitness up, haven't they? They might get a couple of They're not weeks. match fit right now. You, you can't well, no say one's going to be match fit. fit. Well, no one's going to be. Everyone's in the same boat, right? I guess that's true. So, you know, we were on a bit of a, bit of a run and then you, you stop... And then everybody starts again from scratch almost, don't they? Exactly. And is that something that could benefit us? You think in, even like Luton posted on the social media page the other day, a, a video of what the pitch is looking like. And it's looking like we're about to play our first game in the season on it. It looks like there's been no football played. It's that nice. And you think, could you know, everyone having good pitches give an advantage to another team? Could it give an advantage to us to play better football? Is it mentally clearing people's heads and, these nine games could be like a nine-game mini-season that could help us out, potentially. Interesting, interesting. I'd like to think that we would, we would bounce back and start really good, but you don't know, do you? That's the issue. But there, there will be no time for extras. There'll be no time for absolutely zero time for anything like a friendly. It won't happen. I can't see that. Because the, the league will probably make them play three games a week to get it over in, what, three weeks? Four weeks. Do you know what I can't see happening though? I can't see it getting to like, let's just say, for example, um, the 1st of June. It gets to the 1st of June and Premier League and EFL go, right, season's kicking off on the 7th of June. 
there's no way any team, I think, would be ready for that. But what else can they do? What else can they do? How, how do the relevant associations decide, one, when it's safe to start, and how can they start? Yeah, it's true. Mm. It's, it's what we said. There's so many, so many questions in there. Yeah, and no, if, think... if you think about it, if you think about it, right? If there is, there is not a finite period, is there for it? They have to finish at a certain spot because they want to get the next season back in whack, really, to make sure that it starts mid to late August at the latest. Surely, then no one's going to have a break. No one, because they're saying. At the moment, this season is going to run indefinitely, but then it's got to have a realistic end time for that. What because happens to those clubs that can't compete, those ones that are just waiting to get going again, those ones that are financially going to go out of business if they don't get going again, you know, those are the sort of things. And if you restart, you don't restart in August because you're still running on for this season. And you, how, how do you work? Do you start in September, October? And then have a, have a one that finishes later the following year. But then that'll For knock on into the Euros. Well, it knocks on to the Euros. It knocks on with your, with your um, transfers. It knocks on with your contracts. There's far too many variables to say this. They, they can't cancel the season. Can they? Can they cancel the season? They won't cancel just the season, it, I think. Just make it void. Just everyone <laughs> stays where they are. Well, I think there's too much money in it to cancel the season. And you look at every club, you know, um, if Leeds are top well, of the league exactly right now and it cancels, it, the lawyers and the lawsuits, it's just, they won't get Especially that. with, for example, Liverpool. What are they? 17 exactly. points clear, one win away from winning the league. Exactly. And it gets ripped from them. It'll be a laugh, but... <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a, that'd be hilarious. But it's like, it's just wrong. It is wrong. Um, of course it's wrong of course it's wrong but I mean we hope that when we go back and we start again we start on the front foot and we and we get three points straight away that's what we're hoping right our first game back is going to be well depending on the order that they do it I guess well they can't change the order surely they have to keep the same order of fixtures well you'd think so wouldn't you but but there's no way they could be nothing nothing certain though is it it'd be Preston at home uh, no, there's no way on earth they can change the order of the fixtures. You, surely, you, or, or if if we've gone through the whole season, so we've we've missed all those nine games, you've got to play those okay. nine games in order for for certain. Surely, no, not surely. Yeah, if they no, finish at the end of nothing. the season, they have well, nothing surely in this situation. Well but, well, but no, but you know, if it was like three games, you'd start with the fourth game and you get the three rearranged, right? That's how yeah. it would yeah. work. So if you missed nine games, do you rearrange the just nine games in, well, order, in the order that you want? Just carry on with it. Yeah. yeah, I understand again, what you're yeah. saying. Like, logically, that makes sense. But uh, you've got to say, in a situation like this, where something like this has happened, it, logic, you know, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Next season, they could change the rules of every competition and make us play one fixture against each other just That'd to get right. the season through quicker. You know, they could do something bizarre like Stephen said they've got to get it finished before the Euros next year so is it going to be the case of we just go from one season to another like this season ends maybe we go straight into the next one no break no pre-season have these last nine games as the pre-season I guess you could say before the following season it's 
it's, it's, it's a possibility. It's a difficult one. It's a difficult one. Yes, I wouldn't like to be paid to make this call. <coughs> I'd like to be paid to make that call because I'm not getting any money right now, Steve. How much would you have to be paid to make that call? Uh, well, they could, they could give me an offer. <laughs> Dave, who won the quiz last week, the week before? Oh, the foot, uh, on the podcast quiz? Uh, yeah. yeah. Was, I don't know, I can't remember. Was it me? I think it was me. No, I don't think so. I didn't, <laughs> you I didn't do it. You were, the, you were the quiz master. <laughs> yeah, I won it. <laughs> I, Steve, I can't remember, but I'll look it up for you. I don't Thank think you. it was you, mate. Let's move into some Instagram we'll questions then to finish off today's podcast. Oh, um, we actually got some really good ones today. Oh, go on then. I just want to tell you, I bought two seats. In the lucky, I bought two seats in the lucky seat drawer. Oh yeah, the lucky seat drawer. Producer Jacob did put that down there. No, I go do it. Lou and I are asking for two two pound. Pick a seat in the stadium. Pick your own seat. Have a chance to win some money. It's we need to support the club right now. Two two pound. Yeah, I might go do it after this. Yeah. There's me saying go do it. I, I need to go do it. Yeah, go um, do it. <laughs> might win some money. Uh, let's get some Instagram questions for today then. Let's start with Ronnie, who says, who do you think puts in the most work in the team? And I think if you don't say James Collins, if that's what he means, like work rate, then you're oh, wrong. James Collins. Can I say James Collins? He's a workhorse, He works so hard. He runs so hard. He, he, you know, the only thing he's lacked a bit this season is service for him to score. But he's all over the pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like his. Got to like, be James Collins, isn't he? Yeah, I like his commitment. I feel a bit sorry for James Collins this year because I, I feel like he hasn't had a really good opportunity to prove himself as a goal scorer in the league, and I think that does come down to some of his positioning sometimes, due to formations and management. And I just feel like he hasn't, like you said, the service hasn't always been there. Um, but a lot of times he finds himself out on the wing. I know we we spoke about this a lot on the podcast. Yeah, we said, we said, you know, last season he was getting the ball, he delivered to him to score. This season he's going out searching for the ball a lot more and covering other people and covering defence and covering midfield. So it's a bit- Is he searching for the ball though or is, is his uh, well, position he's-, he's been told to play is, uh, you know, accommodating that left wing? It just seems to be like last year we played to his strengths a bit, put the ball in a box and he will score. And this year, I don't think we're playing to his strengths as much. I think Graham Jones is playing around other players, whereas it's not to his strength. And obviously, he's at a position trying to accommodate other players into the team. The one thing I'd say about James Collins, though, is he's got on with it. He hasn't moaned. He's literally played every minute of this season. And he's still scored a fair amount of goals. Without his goals, we would probably be relegated by now. If we get relegated, do you think he'll stay? Yeah. Uh, it depends really, doesn't it? I think it depends on everything. It just depends on everything. You know, how much money a club's going to have when they come out of this, this crisis? How how will Colo affect a, a team that potentially could need a goal scorer? It's so many ifs and buts right now. One benefit about not spending the money for James Justin and James, uh, Jack Stacey is that we have the money now to get us through this crisis. Hopefully get us way. through, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Harry said, would you be happy if the season finished today? Oh, yeah, uh, I'm going to void it. Would you? As in void or as in, in the yeah, positions we are? The difference is there, isn't it? If it's void, I'll have it. <laughs> I think he's exactly. void. But would you, would you actually be happy if the season was voided right now? Yeah, another year in the championship. I'd be happy with that. 
Mm, okay, I've, I'm thinking more work purposes. Ignore me. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking uh, other football say, clubs. Forget it. We don't want to get relegated, and if we could stay up by hook or by crook, I'll do that. However, realistically, that's not going to happen, Harry. So uh, I don't think the season's going to finish. I think the no. season will be finished, but it won't be how we want it to finish. It'll be it will. They'll play the games, and hopefully, we'll end up watching them in some way. TV. Dylan. I follow. TV, I think, would be a show. But how are they going to put all of them? It would be I follow, wouldn't it? It would be TV. Just red button, I suppose, like they do on a Boxing Day or whatever. Just pick any game you want. Yeah. As long as we're not... Dylan says... Because then we can all get together and watch the game together. That'll be cool. We can do this with a beer and watch it on TV. (laughs) Watch like a live, live stream podcast. We should all commentate on a game once. That'd be a laugh. Would that be a laugh or would that just be awful? That would just be <laughs> we painful. We don't have to release it. We don't have to release it, but uh, we could try it. Oh, good Lord. Maybe one for the future. Uh, Dylan says, how do you think we will get on if we get relegated to League One? Will we go straight back up? Oh, toughy. Uh, you, you don't want to fall into that trap where you feel that we're better than we are. Mm. So I, I think um, we might struggle to get back straight back up. We found it hard enough to get out, you know, out of the conference five five years. I think I'd take being a yo-yo club if we could we could do that if we were strong enough for League One, too strong for League One, but not strong enough for Championship. Um, I, to be fair, I think sometimes you look at our performances this season and you think, uh, is the quality we're just playing just too good? Like maybe if we were playing a Burton Albion at home, would we just demolish them? I don't know. See, I feel like they'd set up differently to a West Brom at home. Uh, I feel like they'd set up to defend if they come so to us. It's just another tactical battle, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. We're definitely, oh, well, we're definitely a good side. We haven't yeah. fired on all cylinders. We were a brilliant side last season. Um, but this season, we just haven't, we haven't set ourselves up properly sometimes. We haven't played as well as we can. If we can keep our squad together, maybe we have a chance coming straight back up. But don't get away from it. It's just as strong in that league for everybody who wants to get out of that league as well. Mm-hmm. We were, I th- although we played really well last season, I think we were lucky to bounce through. You'd expect us, I know I've said this before in the podcast, when we got promoted, I thought, you know, a couple of seasons, get established and then move up. We went through that league one season. Um, although it was fantastic and I'll never forget it. Um, you know, maybe we're paying the price for that right now. And talking about it being such a strong league, obviously we've been watching, we've all finished the Sunderland documentary, haven't we? I don't know if uh-huh. you're listening or watching, have seen the Sunderland documentary and how great it is at the end when everyone's crying. But you look at a club like Sunderland's and the amount of money they've got to, to throw around and how much, how desperate they are to win the league. Well, it's, not they had a lot of money league. riding on that, didn't Promoted. they? Yeah. And, and the amount of money they were discussing as their wage bills and things like that. And you just think, you can't, how can you compete? How did, how did we compete with that? Is the other question you'd ask, really. Oh, look, we actually have a question on Sunderland Till I Die uh, from Ollie. He says, is it worth watching Sunderland Till I Die on Netflix just to see us? I miss football. Uh, we were alert, barely on seen it. it. We were on it for like a minute. And we, we didn't have one goal. chance in that bit, yeah. No, but, show the game. Uh, hang on a minute, though. It is worth watching it. For when they show the Just table, for the tears, the table yeah. at the end when they realise oh. they can't, they can't get automatic promotion, and they show us that we've won the league. 
it's worth it for that, Ollie. It's a good, it's a good watch. Give it a go. Or if you haven't seen the Man City's All or Nothing documentary, that's a good one. That's on Amazon Prime. But yeah, Sun Until I Die. Watch it just for the league table at the end. It's, <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful sight. Yeah, it was good. Ryan says, do you think we'll end. eventually buy Izzy Brown? The tears at the end are very good as well. You, uh, did you feel sorry for him, Steve? No. No, no, no chance. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, no, 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 you you say that right. I don't feel sorry because Sunderland didn't get promoted. I don't feel sorry for that. But there are a couple of supporters there that, if it had been you uh, being the sport, not the woman, but a couple of the guys, and the guy that had to hug his kid out at the end of it. Um, although I was, if it, if it was us, and I had to hug my child like that, I would have I would have probably cried myself. That's cute. We'll move on. Well, we got promoted, <laughs> so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan says, do you think we'll eventually buy Izzy Brown? No. No. No chance. No chance. Izzy Brown is destined for bigger things. I'd love you, to- The thing with Izzy Brown, you've got to remember he's still 22 years old. That is very young for a footballer. He's had so many, well, seems to be so many loan deals to different clubs. Yeah. Didn't he get promoted with Huddersfield as well from the... Yeah, it feels like he's been around for ages, but that's because he broke into the scene when he was a teenager. So exactly. He's still got a big future. Like he's, I would say he's not even in his prime years yet, is he, Brown? He's still, no. a, he's still a prospect. So, Ryan, I don't think we will. Sign. I don't no. think, I don't, even if he was, we couldn't afford him. Literally couldn't. Oh, yeah. no. No. Um, you, people, uh, other teams will look at what he's done for us in a relegation, you know, threat inside this season and, say well why can't you come do that you know for a forest who are chasing promotion you know it's, it would be a good stepping stone for him this season or, or, or go back to his parent club and get a break there and he'll have a go no chance at Chelsea maybe what, um, what more chance under Lampard than anyone Lampard else, is playing but. a lot so they had that transfer ban didn't they but now that's been revoked Lifted. or whatever's happened with that yeah yeah. I don't think there's much chance yeah. for him at Chelsea though at the moment is the FA looking after its own again eh of course and Barney says, your favourite Luton Town celebrations? Oh, there's so many. There are Do you so reckon he means celebrations after a goal or celebrations after a win? Or... For us or for the, for the players? Yeah, so I mean, I can't remember the celebrations of the players. Well, for me, for me, <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go back to 1988 again. Uh, for when, what time? You know, well, okay, I understand that, Steve. But when... Um, when Steen scored the winner, I looked around. Uh, I mean, obviously, I went a bit mental myself. I was quite young then, believe it or not. And I mm. saw my cousin. Did you have hair back then? <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not even going to write that one. I saw my cousin um, standing on one of the crash barriers in the standing end at the top, top tier of Wembley Stadium. And he was holding in his hand like this waving a, uh, a betting slip that had Luton to win 3-2. Um, uh, that's, that was uh, a memory of, that I won't forget because he won a lot of money. And then just staying there afterwards, waiting for the team to come in. Love that. Love that. Man City away. We talked about that again. Love that. There are so many. One of the like, player celebrations I remember from a goal was when we won the league, League One. Um, Kevin Nichols, like, he did, you know when Rooney did that, like, punch thing and then fell to the floor? Didn't, like, Luton do one where, I don't know if anyone remembers this, um, he, like, ran down to the corner near the tunnel, 
like someone pretended to punch him. He fell to the floor. Then like, I think Paul Underwood pretended to kick him. Do you, do you remember this? Do you know what I'm on about? I think you made it up, Luke. No, I haven't <laughs> made it up. I haven't made it up because I'm going to get producer Jacob to go online, get it and clip it over this exact clip. Okay, no, I, I don't remember made that. It up. I remember, being, I remember being at Shrewsbury away one season. Um, and I think we got promoted that day. And again, me and my cousin were in the car together and we were drinking champagne and we gave a bottle of champagne to Kevin Nichols um, to drink. I don't know, that's a bit random, isn't it? So, then, what's all that? Oh, we had um, the Barney, team. What, what was Barney's favourite celebration? He should, he should uh, contact us and let us know. So last year at the end of the season, all the Luton team were out in St Albans and uh, we saw the Luton <laughs> team out. So I bought Gary Sweet a cider because that was his drink of choice. Are you on a carousel? Only Gary Sweet, Steve? Only Gary Sweet. You know, he's, he was the only one uh, that took up me up on my foot. So. Steve, Steve, are you on a boat or something? I'm not. I'm on a chair. <laughs> a rolly chair. For those listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Steve's currently sat in his chair, swaying from left to right. And uh, yeah, everyone's a bit confused. He's had, he's had half a beer. He's, he's merry. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Adam says, who would be in your ultimate Luton five-a-side team? Some good choices there, isn't there? There's a lot of choices. Can we go back, can we go back to my age group as well? Yeah. Because I'd have a team of Ricky Hills for definite. Ricky oh, Hill. So Ricky Hill can come for in. Me, Ricky Hill, so someone from my age group would always put him first in their team forever. I, I Ricky Hill, striker or midfielder? Midfielder. Okay. He was a right Ooh. dynamo, though. It's a five-a-side team. It doesn't really matter. In fact, if you think about it, they, they used to have a, a tournament that played at Wembley, Wembley Arena every, every year with the top clubs in there. Was um, that the Masters football? It was a bit like that. It's a bit like a five a, it was a five-a-side tournament. Or it could have been six-a-side. Soccer six, it was called. Soccer six, I think, and or is that that's the sky, isn't it? Anyway, whatever it was called, um, <laughs> we set a team up there. We set a team up there, and we won it. Just let you know. And Ricky Hill was in that team. Such a cool Ricky story. Hill. Oh, sure. <laughs> okay, Ricky I Hill. What formation Kevin are we playing? Nichols. Oh, okay, forget it. it. You go first. Game. What do you mean? What formation are we playing? It's five. Two, two, one. Ball. No, that's six. One, two, one. Two, two, one. One, well, two, one. Go well. on then. Why don't you start with the goalkeeper? Beresford. Beresford or Tyler? Or Shea? Stuga. No, I'm going to pick Beresford. I love Marlon Beresford. He was like my favourite keeper growing up. Really? I'd have Nichols in yeah. there. He would not lose right. a 50-50. Beresford, Nichols and Ricky Hill in the midfield. They need a goal scorer. Who are you going to pick? Goal scorer for Luton Town. In all our years, uh, see, I see. I would love Steve Howard, but I don't think Steve Howard's very suited for father's side, is he? He's not going really, to be getting ball. many headers or anything. Yeah. So I'm thinking more like. Uh, Collins. If you're picking to hmm. today's players, it'd be Collo for definite. Collo could finish in yeah. father's side. Collo. Hilton could be. Could, Hilton could be a shout. Yeah, Hilton would be a shout. Either of them up front. We'll go Hilton. All right, overruled. And centre off, okay. who are we going for? Steve McNulty. Do you have, do you have center half in blooming? Yeah, you need a center half, bit of protection. Steve McNulty, center half in father's side, yes or no? Who's beating him? Pilkington. Pilkington. George Pilkington. Why? Paul Price. What's that? Yeah, you look him up. <laughs> look him up. Go on, Dave. From, from your 
era, what would your five-a-side team be? Oh, that's not fair. We're not playing that game. I would say so uh, a, a team of Ricky Hills. You've already said it, man. Team of Ricky Hills. Okay. A team of Ricky Hills. I could choose Malcolm McDonald. I could choose uh, John Aston. Uh, my goalkeeper could be Graham Horn or Keith Barber. Uh, Mal Donaghy, he would be in my team. It's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, I haven't Maybe that's something we should put on social media for next week. What would your ultimate Luton five-a-side team be? From your era? Pick a, from your, from your era. Because that would make it different for the older listeners to the younger listeners. Us older listeners... Let's do it. I guarantee you, if, if an older listener, and if you, if you don't agree with me, older listeners, you're not an older listener... If they don't pick those those prime players, your Ricky Hills or your Brian Steens, um, you know, and, and going back, Malcolm McDonald, Paul Price, Paul Futcher, David Moss, all those sort of players. Well, let us know what your ultimate five-a-side team would be at Oh When the Town. Um, I think that's all we've got time for today. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. If you are currently listening on your normal listening platform. Go check us out on YouTube, Oh When the Town, because this oh, is a video as well. Now go do it. Go see Steve's <laughs> lovely beard. Because I'm on a boat, apparently, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> go check it out. Uh, we hope you're keeping safe. We hope you're following the guidelines to stay at home and only go out for essentials. Don't sit on the beach and eat fish and chips like I've seen people doing on social media this week. What's wrong with them? You're always going to get those few in you. But Selfish. hopefully football's back soon. Hopefully we can return to normal podcast soon. And um, yeah, get us on socials over in the town. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Rate us five stars on iTunes. All these things we've got a pug nowadays. Um, and we shall see you next week. <laughs>